Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Welcome to Induction Vault, a production of iHeartRadio and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2015, members of the band Fall Out Boy were lucky enough to honor their punk rock heroes, Green Day. And their excitement is as tangible as Billy Joe Armstrong's famous guitar-wielding leap, Mike Dirt's unmistakable bass lines, or Trey Cool's enigmatic drum fills. Patrick Stump and Pete Wentz commend the trio for their ability to both defy and define labels, refusing to box in a genre as paradoxical as punk rock. In their acceptance speech, Green Day thanked their own music heroes, a list that's filled with fellow Rock Hall inductees, and even thank Ford Motor Company for their Econoline van, a vehicle that was essential to the band's early success. The gritty, rebellious spirit of punk rock is alive and well with Green Day. So let me ask everybody a question. Uh, What is punk rock? Now that should seem like a simple enough question to answer, but kids and critics argue with the fervor and 
furious devotion of opposing religious sects or political parties or Star Wars fans. So I guarantee that someone somewhere will be very pissed off when I say this, and come on, what's more punk rock than pissing people off, when I say that one of my all-time favorite punk bands is Green Day. So I remember the first time I heard Green Day, um, a little background, I was, I was a little bit of a music snob when I was a kid. My dad was a Chicago folk singer. would be very psyched to see all the other bands that were here today. Um, and, uh, and he played a lot of fusion jazz around the house, so you can imagine I was pretty out of step with my friends who were enthralled with the grunge era and the advent of gangster rap. So one day some friends got me to sneak out of class, and we were going to pretend to be bad kids, you know? And mostly we just went in the hallway and listened to this cassette tape that one of them had. It was Dookie. Now the thing that... It's Dookie! Excellent album. So the thing that struck me right off the bat was how musical it was. It was all the things that you'd expect in punk rock. It was angry, it was loud, it was fast. But there were these subtle overtones of, of an awareness of music theory and music history that were wise beyond its years. Now, the other kids had Guns N' Roses and Nirvana, and I fell in love with those things later. But in 1994, none of that was for me. This, this one, I was like, this is mine. After that, I was all in. I tried to dress like them. I tried to play my dad's acoustic real low like Billy Joe did, and it did not look cool, it did not work on me. I followed every interview. I watched every TV performance. And the more immersed in their world I got, the more I could tell that this band was one of the greats. Great bands have to feed on the strength of the collective. You have to think to yourself, wow, how did they get all these guys in one band together? Now, the thing that, you know, kills me, sometimes you have a band that you really like, and you think, man, they should maybe be in the Hall of Fame, but then, uh, Maybe not everyone's pulling their weight. Maybe, maybe you see one guy and you're like, yeah, you know, he's, he's cool, but I don't know, maybe he just drove the van or something. But with Green Day, every, like, every sound that came out of these three guys was as important to the entire thing. I mean, it was the, you couldn't remove one guy. Billy Joe's signature snarl and sarcastic lyrics, that eternally youthful voice, those bright open chord structures. The way a silhouette of him playing guitar would be as recognizable a posture to any punk rock kid as Michael Jordan's mid-air dunk would be to a sports fan. Mike Dirt. Mike Dirt's aggressively, yes, yes. Mike Dirt's aggressively tinny tone and those melodic bass, bass lines put him in my mind and you're ready to piss more people off. Up there with the likes of James Jameson and, and Jaco Pistorius is one of the most identifiable bass players in the history of, of bass playing, was when you turn on the radio, you know who's playing. That's epic. Trey Cool. You have a drummer. Your drummer is named Trey fucking Cool. That is the coolest thing ever. And there's not a drummer under the age of 30, you can attest to this, yes? Who didn't spend their enti an entire summer trying to learn the, the rat to play that rapid fire fill at the, at the beginning of Basket Case, just like Trey. And guess what? No one can. He's the only one that does it right with the passion, and, and he makes it look easy. It's incredible. Now, no one else can really do anything the way Green Day does. I have this vivid memory of Billy Joe. He did this uh, interview on MTV somewhere around the Awesome Departure album Nimrod, where he said something along the lines of. I don't want to ma be making punk rock for the rest of my life. Sorry, man, you still are. <laughs> when you followed up your massive major label debut with a single about methamphetamine and another one that had two movements, that was pretty punk rock. 
When conventional wisdom demanded another fast, loud punk song, and instead you put down a stripped-down ballad as a single, which became the go-to prom song for a decade, that was pretty punk rock. When you put out a three companion album in a year of, in an era of digital singles, that was pretty punk rock. When you put out an acoustic folk album at the time when radio was ruled by obviously Green Day inspired pop punk, that was pretty punk rock. When in an era of basically no socially conscious discourse and pop music, you put out a scathingly political rock opera and somehow managed to make that your career redefining, Grammy winning, smash hit second act. That was insanely fucking punk rock. Not to mention your alleged involvement in the genre bending side projects like The Network and Foxborough Hot Tubs. We all know it's you. <laughs> Everything you guys do is punk rock in the sense that you've never gone for the easy route. The obvious route, the safe route. You've never repeated yourselves, and you've never done anything to please the suits. Suits aren't really pleased by change, but when a great band plays through a set of their hits, there should be a lot of change. Like Queen, The Who, or The Clash, the best, the best bands both defy and define the labels they get saddled with. The best bands are legend on record and on stage. Now I have to say, getting off script for a second, the impact that, that Green Day has had on pop culture, when we walk through an airport, uh, about 80% of the time when someone takes a picture with us, you, you hear them walk off and they're like, holy shit, I just got a picture with fucking Green Day. <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs> now Fall Out Boy has never had the honor of playing with Green Day, and honestly, a part of us kind of likes it that way. Because Green Day is literally one of the best live bands on the planet Earth. If you've ever opened for them, they put on a show that's so epic and engaging, the audience absolutely forgets about you by the way they're, by the way they're halfway through their first chorus and an assault of confetti cannons. And if you've ever played after them, sorry. <laughs> This is a band that's so in tune with their audience that they let a random kid come on stage and play in the band. In arenas, they literally fulfilled the improbable daydream that every kid has of playing on stage with their favorite band. And that's the kind of balls you build up not through image consultants, clever A&R, or media training, but by cutting your teeth in community halls and basements and crust punk squats. So let some Reddit feed argue the definition of punk rock, me, I already have my answer. It is our great honor to induct Green Day into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. After the break, we'll hear Green Day's acceptance speeches on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction vault. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. 
There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Well, thank you, Fallout Boy. That fucking made me cheer up a few times. And thank all you fuckers. Coming here. We love you. Uh, 
They don't let drummers use teleprompters. So I wrote this shit old school on a fucking typewriter. No, actually. Okay, but music is the force that gets us up in the morning. It's also the shit that keeps us up all night. We're all in this room together to celebrate music, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's overwhelming, the amount of talent and, and love in the room. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. And when we uh, were on tour in our yellow Ford Econa line that we called the tooth, we were playing punk clubs, squats, backyard parties. We were screen printing t-shirts on Billy Joe's guitar case and hanging them in people's backyards, sleeping on floors, couches, wherever we could. I didn't think back then that we'd be here now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I thought it would take at least another year or two. But we grow older and we change and, and, and we get weird and we're weirder and crazier and it's awesome. We, we grow together and, and with every beat of the drum, you know, our love for music gets even stronger. And uh, being inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is an enormous honor. And uh, I'd like to mention a few people who make my crazy world turn around. My beautiful wife, Sarah Rose. Ramona and Frankie, my kids. My mom and dad, Frank and Linda. My sister, Lori, who actually um, brought music into our home at an early age. And uh, I love you. Love you all. Of course, Billy and Mike. Love you guys. The big three. Jason, Jason, Jeff. Kenny Butler. Over there. Love him. Pat Magnarella. Chris Dugan. Bill Schneider. Chris fucking Lord Algae. Mike Amato. Rob Light. Rob Cavallo. Mike the Sack Fasano. Don Passman. Steve K. Mike Chiprari from SJC Drums. Love those. Love you. Larry Livermore, who gave me the name Trey Cool when I was a wee lad of about 11 or 12, and I fought him as hard as I could on that, but I'm fucking stuck with it. I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Kane Kong, the bass player for the Lookouts. Kick-ass dude. Um, Paul and Sue. My Aunt Jenny, my Aunt Sue, and my cousin Kenny. Uncle Mark. Reprise Records, and I owe so much to my favorite drummers, Ringo Starr, Keith Moon, John Bonham, Mitch Mitchell, Charlie Watts, Buddy Rich, John Wright from No Means No, Alex Van Halen, Dave Mello, Aaron Elliott, Al Schwitz, an extra special thanks to my good buddy and drummer extraordinaire, John Kiffmeyer, right over there. And of course, to the Green Day Idiot Nation, we love you, thank you. It's unanimous, none of us like teleprompters. <laughs> uh, I got a couple things. 
no particular order. Uh, first and foremost, I also have a mom uh, who gave me a guitar, a little pawn shop bass, and it only had two strings on it. They were flat wounds, but luckily for me, they were A and E, so I was halfway there. <laughs> um, I'd like to thank radio. I'm a big fan of radio. I like good radio shows. I hate commercials, but I love good radio shows. So, you know, there's something about a radio show that when we're listening to it, we all, we're all connected, and it's that human connection that I really have always um, resonated with. Uh, Lawrence Livermore, you created Lookout Records. Uh, you started a small record label for all the right reasons, and you gave a home to a lot of bands, and for that I want to thank you. A uh, huge thank you to all the kids who booked us in small vets halls and backyards. In Europe, all the people who booked us in clubs and squats and to the hundreds of people whose floors you let us sleep on. Thank you very much. Those were life-changing experiences and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, randomly, I would like to thank the Ford Motor Company <laughs> for creating the 40 Connell Line van, the best damn van any smelly touring van could have. <laughs> um, Reprise Records. Thank you guys, all of you guys, no matter what era you were there. <laughs> uh, we have a few other people, let me see. Uh, Brian Bumbry, Jen Adler, Bill V, Chris Lord Algy. You guys have been with us a very long time. And even longer, Pat Magnarella, our manager. <laughs> Pat, you have very thick skin, you're very patient. Nobody in the world would have let us be ourselves the way you have, and we truly appreciate you. To Michael Mayer and everybody involved with the American Idiot stage production, this is as close as we'll ever get to seeing Green Day live, and it will always be a highlight of our lives. Thank you very much. I'm sure a lot of the musicians in this room will, um, and everybody who are family of the musicians can understand this one. Um, I want to thank our friends and family at home for allowing us to be gone so much of our lives and still being there for us. It meant a lot to us over the years and it still really does, thank you. <laughs> to the Armstrong family, I want to thank you guys for taking me in as a kid, figuratively and literally. Thanks for letting me live with you. <laughs> to my amazing wife, Brittany, you're a wonderful mother. You kicked cancer's ass last year. Thank you. You're a great partner in crime. I love you, Brady Kitty. To my children, Estelle, my lovely daughter here, uh, my son Brixton at home, and my daughter Ryan at home, I love you guys, and each one of you is my entire world. Thank you. All right, wrapping it up here. Um, to every one of our fans, and to the Idiot Nation, this is, this is much more about you guys than it is about me. And I'm very proud to share this life on earth with you. Thank you. Last but not least, um, to my two brothers behind me on stage here. Believe me, it's been way too many years to want to count. I love you guys. I'll see you at band practice. <laughs>
feel like I'm in line at the DMV or something. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm kind of lost for words right now. Um, the gratitude that I feel right now is overwhelming, and I didn't really, uh, I didn't really know how to prepare for something like this, so uh, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really write a speech, so I'm just gonna make it up at the top of my head, but with a few talking points, so. Uh, I mean, first off, I just wanna thank my family, my boys, Jacob and Joey, you guys blow me away every day. And uh, Adrian, I love you. We've been married forever. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, a, it's a rare thing in this crazy rock world. Uh, and I love you so much. You're the best. And uh, I want to, uh, I got to thank my mom, Ollie Louise Armstrong. She's from Oklahoma, uh, moved to California. Um, you had, you and dad had six kids. I'm the youngest one and like my house, the one thing that I'm so grateful for is all of the music that was in our house. It's like from my brother, my oldest brother, Alan, he, you know, he had, uh, first time I heard the Beatles and the Stones and the Kinks. And, um, you know, we used to come, home, come to his house and sleep over there and we'd watch Showtime at night and like watch Alice Cooper, you know, at 12 o'clock because that was the good time to watch it. Um, and um, my sister Marcy was pretty much the person that showed me Elvis Presley for the first time and I, you know, I, thank you. Uh, and uh, my sister Holly is like, cool in the gang. And uh, my sister Anna, who basically that record collection that you have turned my world inside out. I thank you so much. Um, um, it was anything, it's like a lot of people here right now. It's like my record collection is actually sitting in this room. You know? I mean, the fact that I got to hear a, an album like Horses by Patti Smith, man, I, and, and there you are, standing right, I love it, this is great. And, uh, um, you know my brother David, we listened to Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and uh, Motley Crue and, and uh, um, you know, and Cheap Trick and, uh, you know, Pyromania by Def Leppard and, um, you know, and a few others that hopefully will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sooner, so. Um, so I just, it was like, my house was like rock and roll high school. I mean, literally, I mean, it was nuts. I mean, all my friends would come into my house and say, like, where do you smoke weed at? It's a like, go to the Armstrong house, you know. <laughs> no, that didn't happen, Mom. Um, but, uh, and I, you know, I, my bandmates, Mike, me and my, basically me and Mike got together. Um, our school district went bankrupt, so they closed down the main uh, junior high, and they combined the two elementary schools to come together, and um, so he went to one elementary and I went to the other, and I, we had to take the bus out there. And first day of elementary school, or in, in uh, I think it was the fifth grade, I, I walk up, and then I was like the class clown, but Mike was like the class clown, and so it was kind of like this dueling banjos that was gonna 
go back and forth. I was like, so, you know, we both were, you know, what you get is deliverance. <laughs> and uh, I, I went to a show. Um, well, anyways, Mike, you are my, my musical soulmate, man. I love you so much. And we've been through everything together and this whole thing. And I thank you so much for everything, your friendship, your family. I love you. And uh, I met, Trey was playing this band called The Lookouts, and they were, um, he, I was like, they have this really young drummer, and he was back, and he was wearing a old lady's shower cap and a tutu. <laughs> and so that's the first time I, met, I saw Trey, and I was like, oh, cool. Um, and, uh, and then, um, I don't know, and then, you know, as years went by, we got to know each other. We, uh, um, just seeing him at shows and things like that, and then he joined the band, and um, I don't know, it was just amazing, an amazing drummer. One of my favorite drummers of all time. I mean, I am a... If there is one instrument that I love to hear, and it's because my father is a jazz drummer, my brother is a drummer, my uncle is a drummer, I'm the oddball. And, uh, but Trey is just a phenomenal, and he pushes, and he, he's the most dangerous drummer on the planet, I, and I love this guy. Um, um, and there was this backyard party that uh, Sweet Children played, uh, that was us before Green Day, and um, the kid that was, Filling in at the time, we and Mike were looking for a drummer, and um, this guy was in this crazy band called Isocracy. Um, uh, his name is John Kiffmeyer, also known as Al Sobrante. And he's a couple years older, and at the time, it was like a veteran in, our, uh, in, in that community. And, uh, you know, John, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I, I love you, and God bless your family. Thank you so much. And um, I don't know, uh, and what can I say, Lookout Records, like, you know, it, it's so rare that you get to have like an independent label that is putting out bands that are in a, in a scene that are like a, a place like Gilman Street from where we come from. And, uh, and they were putting out my favorite records at the time, whether it was uh, Crimshine, Operation Ivy, Isocracy, Corrupted Morals. Tim, Tim Armstrong. I love you, brother. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, it, we, you know, we, we had this gig that John booked, and it was gonna be on top of this mountain in Mendocino. So we drive up there, and we're supposed to play at the Lookouts, and Trey booked the show. So we drive all the way up to the top of this mountain, and we play in a, this cabin that didn't have a roof or electricity. Now, how the hell you're supposed to have a, a, a gig, I have no idea. But um, they got some generators and we plugged in and that's where we really met Larry Livermore for the first time. And Larry, you've been so great to us. Thank you so much. You, you opened your door and you, thank you. It's like for kids like us and other kids playing and, and rock and roll bands and to have that independent spirit and 
It's just great. Thank you so much. And uh, I also want to thank other people that worked at Lookout Records, like David Hayes, uh, Chris Applegren, and Pat Hines. Um, and which leads me uh, to all the people at Reprise. Thank you so much. Um, we've had a gr I have to say we've had a great experience there. So we've been there for 20 years. Thank you so much for everyone that worked in the mailroom, um, that goes out to try to find bands. What a thankless job. Um, and uh, the, you know everybody over there. And, um, but most of all, I have to thank Rob Cavallo. We've, we've only worked with two producers in our entire career, and the, the, we, Butch Vig did one record, so thank you, Butch. But Rob, you did all of them. So thank you so much. And I really feel like we, I, you are a brother, we are kindred spirit, and the fact that we, we could sit around and play songs all day long together and just speak in that language, I, I, I just love to talk about and love to talk about it with you and stuff and we'll talk about it later. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rob. Um, Pat Mangarella, you're a brave man. You're our manager. I want to apologize for the hotel rooms. I want to apologize for Trey's drum sets catching on fire. I want to, uh, you know, thanks for rehab. Um, <laughs> And thanks for doing those talks that we were not capable of doing. So thank you. Thanks a lot. We love, I love you. All right. Um, and in closing, so we come from this place that's called Gilman Street. It's a club. It's in Berkeley. And uh, I am so fortunate. We are so fortunate to be able to, to, to play there because it was, uh, it's a, all ages and it was nonprofit and it was just all of these goofballs, and it was just like, like, it was like romper room for degenerates, and it was so great, and what a great scene, and we got to watch our friends' bands, and they got to watch us play, and they got to heckle us, and we tried to heckle back, but they heckled better, so, and I got to see Operation Ivy, and I got to see Crimshrine, and I got to see Sewer Trout, and Nasal Sex, and these out, far out there bands, and I, I am uh, truly, Fortunate and but um, you know, I just I love rock and roll music. I always have soon as I open my eyes and took my first breath I am a fan and that's the one thing that I'm gonna close with is that I love rock and roll and I'll love it for the rest of my life Thank you Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. For more on your favorite inductees, to shop inductee merch, or to plan your trip to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, visit rockhall.com. Plus, view the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction special on demand on HBO Max. Our executive producers are Noel Brown, Shelby Morrison, and Risa Gerke. Supervising producer is Taylor Shacoin. Research and archival assistance from Isabel Kiefer and Shannon Erb. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. Induction Vault is a production of iHeartRadio and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.